0: So, it's been an eventful December. Uh, We were supposed to record two weeks ago, and then I had a COVID scare, which ended up being negative, but PSA, if you get a rapid test done and it comes out positive, go get a PCR test done, but COVID is kind of taking over Christmas again. The Omicron has kind of been in the news, seems to be spreading very rapidly. Uh, Hopefully, we don't do any like, I don't think we're going to go into like lockdowns again, but. Hopefully, not a lot of uh, impact. It seems like it's more spreadable but less severe. Have you had any uh, COVID issues impact your work or your home? Or I know you're big in the church. Did anybody in church get COVID yet? A pastor did. Um, wow. Yeah. But I mean,
1: he, he felt fine. I, I don't know, you know if he was back or anything like that, but I just know he, he felt fine. It was just, you know, you quarantine and do all of that. Yeah. I think aside from him, I think most of our church at least had their COVID scares over the summer. Mm. Um, same with like our house, like uh, one of our friends is living with us and same thing you had actually. She got the rapid test, it came back positive. And then like two days later, the uh, the other test came back and it was negative. So
0: <laughs> yeah, just... yeah, I, I've read somewhere or heard somewhere on a podcast that they're like 20% wrong they're 80 percent uh correct which is still pretty good but yeah it sucked for me because I, like i had to like as soon as i got the positive i called work and i was like hey i just got this positive rapid test but i'm gonna go take this pcr test but they have to because i have the positive test they're like you can't come into work mm-hmm. uh until you get the negative result so i had to wait till luckily the pcr test was actually pretty painless and quick like it took about 24 hours i got the results Um, Unfortunately, my son had a double ear infection and he wasn't going to daycare. So I ended up staying home. It all happened on a Monday. I got my test results Tuesday night and then I could have gone back to work Wednesday, but I stayed home with my son and then I went back to work Thursday. Uh, But it kind of overlapped with our recording. We're supposed to record the Tuesday morning and I was like, I don't know if I'm like I was expecting to get symptoms, more symptoms. I didn't really have any symptoms with this positive test. I was expecting to you know feel bad or whatever. I just wanted to rest. Uh, So we ended up canceling our recording. Recording now instead, uh, just after Christmas. Did you guys have a good Christmas? I saw you guys got an Xbox set up. We did,
1: yeah. And, and definitely thanks to you, because I was way out of my league and trying to figure out what was going on. And even just setting up all the Game Pass stuff and Microsoft account. Like, It's been so long since I play video games. And that whole scene <laughs> has changed in the last, like, 20 years. So, uh, but no, it's, it's fun. The kids have been playing on it as often as we will let them. And, awesome. Uh, uh, did you get anything from your wife? Oh, man, I got a lot. Uh, you know, the Braves won the World Series this year from my whole Christmas list was <laughs> 2021 World Series memorabilia. Um, yeah. yeah, so I got a bunch yeah. of t-shirts, uh, got a, a commemorative bat. Um, the, uh, the big gift was uh, she got me a Chippa Jones signed baseball, which nice. isn't World Series related. But when I was scanning through no? that, I saw one that was equally priced for some of the other World Series stuff.
0: And I just threw that on the list, and she got it for me. Awesome. Yep. Yeah, my in-laws are coming in town this week uh, to help us with our big move. but So that means we get a date night finally. So Rachel got us uh, some uh, reservations at our favorite restaurant, and then uh, John Oliver is coming to town. We're going to go see him at the Kennedy Center on uh, New Year's Day. What's your favorite restaurant, man? Shout it out. Maybe we get promotion uh, (laughs) (laughs) deals. So granted, I I don't eat a ton in D.C. because I don't live – close enough and it's expensive out there but we go to joe's seafood and steak or joe's stone crab i don't know they changed their name it's basically joe's and it's like just a like a fancy uh seafood and steakhouse it's like a block away from the white house Uh, it's good though we uh that's like our like anniversary date night we go into town get dressed up and uh, go to joe's generally but i've I would love to try other places, but now that we have kids and whatnot, we just we can never get down to DC to check out new places. Yeah. Uh yeah, like I said, I would love to we get out there maybe once or twice a year. So it's hard to try new things. And my wife is one of those people like when she finds a restaurant and then finds something on the menu, that's all she ever orders. Whereas I'm the different I'm I love checking out new places. I'll order something different every single time I go somewhere. It's it's good. I'm I'm excited. It'll be a, a fun date night. We really haven't had one in a Quite, quite a while. But our date this morning is me and you for the 1v1 Deep State podcast. I'm Jake at The Rake, but the A is a 4 on Twitter. My co-host, as always, Thomas Black underscore 86 on Twitter. We've had another long layoff, unfortunately, because of the holidays and COVID, but we're coming back with our last episode of the year. We wanted to do a fun one, a lighthearted one. We wanted to talk about our who we think our best and worst presidents of the United States are. Uh, not our favorites. I don't think I have, I don't think my list has uh, my favorite president on the list, but mm-hmm. and these are, these are who I, based on my opinions and what I think a president should be. Are the best and worst And your best list is absolutely tailored To what you think a president should be So it'll be a really fun discussion And your list, when I saw it, made me chuckle It's exactly the kind of list I would expect Something from you and what you think the president should be Uh, So why don't you go ahead and start us off By explaining How you evaluated best and worst presidents Yeah, so When I think of of best president I think of uh,
1: Mainly what things that a president of, of the United States really be involved in, uh, and, and our system of government obviously being a federalist system and really everything that the, that the president should be involved in should really only be like the big significant issues of the, the entire country and not the, uh, issues that would only affect a handful of states or localities. So I went mainly for, okay, which presidents kind of abided by that, which presidents, uh, Essentially, we're trying to uh, not overstep what the federal government should be doing and and rather let the states and uh, local governments handle really the day to day of the, the nation as it pertains to their states. So that was my biggest thing. And I think for the most part, history tends to favor or remember at least presidents that are a lot more active um, so yes. the people that you most commonly hear about and reference, even as good presidents, are those that are probably more active from the federal government than I would desire.
0: Yeah, and when we get through your list, you're going to see what Thomas is talking about. If you didn't, if you didn't already understand it, uh, I'm clearly kind of the opposite. Even though some executives might have pushed executive power, especially my number one. Not not my favorite, but my number one. I think the ones that get stuff done, and after using hindsight, we can see that they were correct in doing what they set out to do. Uh, that's kind of how I ranked my list. Uh, they're definitely, I think for the three spot, I had a few. I'll start it off. We'll start with my number three, but I'm going to give an honorable mention because I, 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 almost, I almost had him at number three. But Eisenhower, I think... He, under Eisenhower, we had the Federal Interstate, I think it's the Federal Interstate Commerce Act, but I could be wrong, regardless what it was called. Yeah. He helped usher it in, built all the interstates. Without the interstates, I mean, there's no interstate commerce. There's no travel. There's no, it was a big, it's a big reason why we have suburbs, we have exurbs. He kind of laid the foundation, and the infrastructure for modern America in a way that didn't really, in a way that was different than FDR. FDR did it th- like his social policies were different, right? But Eisenhower literally, literally built the infrastructure for what we have today. So I think that's I think that's worth a shout out, worth an honorable mention. He had some flaws as a president. I would say yeah. he was the one that kind of set the stage for Vietnam. So I, I was kind of torn between that. And building the infrastructure for, like, we haven't had an infrastructure project like that since Eisenhower, I would say. And we might not ever again, after seeing what happened with our current uh, debate over the infrastructure bill and the Build Back Better bill. I don't think we're ever going to have enough agreement in Congress and, 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 uh, and government to, to do a project of that size. So, yeah, I just want to give a shout out to Eisenhower. Great war general. You know, that never hurts. You got you got one of those on your list. So number three for me, or do you have any honorable mentions? I don't want to skip over anything. Did you was there somebody that you uh, almost made your list? By the way, we're starting with best. I don't know if I said that or
1: Yeah, yeah. Starting starting with who we think the best is. Yeah, my number three is harder. Um, in part just because my one and two, uh I mean, we were talking before the show, like people were gonna look at my list and be like, Who are those people? They weren't even president. Um <laughs> and I knew that. So I wanted to have somebody that people would recognize for number three. But, but again, like the, the reality is, like, you recognize people for what they did, not for the restraint. And if you believe in a federal government that should be mainly restrained, you wind up with a list that people don't know about or care about. <laughs> but so I, don't know, like, I, thought, I thought about Jefferson for a little bit, especially with the Louisiana Purchase. And, you know, kind, kind of like you were saying, like, with the Interstate Commerce Act, right? Like, that's, that's a big deal, significant, in the fact that you can, uh, like, buy everything west Western Mississippi for, you know... Pennies per acre.
0: Yeah. Imagine imagine if every state had like had to do their own roads like that. Like I don't think we'd ever Amazon wouldn't be able to deliver to me. We would we wouldn't have two days shipping on Amazon, that's for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I thought about Jefferson, thought about George Washington as well. Looked at Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, but again I, I kinda kept coming back to like I'm looking at a lot of these guys just got I think they're They're interesting to study. They're interesting to hear what they did. And and even when they did well, it's just like, not always in mind. But I think a a president should be doing. So all of those guys would be like, man, they made good decisions. Honorable people, for the most part. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that last spot's always going to be hard to fill.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. I think there's a lot of close ones. Why don't you give us your number three best president ever? So my number three, uh, I
1: settled on President Ulysses Simpson Grant. A big reason, well, yeah, again, so honestly, that was one of those that was like, okay, people need to know at least somebody on my list. Um, And I really (laughs) felt like uh, a lot of the ways he used uh, executive power, especially when it comes to civil rights, was really exactly what the federal government should do. Um, If the local government and the state government are not protecting life, liberty, and property, then the federal government should step in. And sure, you know, those those inalienable rights are uh, afforded to each of the citizens. And that wasn't happening. Uh, Didn't do it perfectly. I mean, especially, you know, Fabius Corpus was not a a good thing. But, uh, yeah, I I like I like what he was doing, why he was doing it. Uh, You know, longer discussion for another time. Probably could have done it more often. Probably could have stayed in the South for a lot longer. But. I think I think when you're going to flex your muscles from the federal government, that's the instance in which you should. So he was number three for me.
0: Do you think after the Lincoln assassination, we get Andrew Johnson, Andrew Johnson gets impeached. Do you think that's the closest we've ever been to just like installing the head of the military and becoming like a like a military uh, junta? Because Ulysses was very popular because of the war.
1: Yeah, he was. I would actually say, I mean, truth be told, like right after we get our independence, it's probably the closest because you had a bunch of soldiers that hadn't been paid and now didn't look like they were going to be paid. And Washington was very popular. Sure. Um, and I think it was, I think it was, General you know, Washington at the time who had to kind of calm everybody down and said, well, we're not going to start out like this. Like right. Get, everybody has reasonable grievances. Promises have not been kept, but we, we can't just, you know, install a military government.
0: Yeah, basically, I, I can. yeah, I I agree with that. That that was closer, but we weren't also. That was kind of the Wild West. That was kind of like before we had a system of government that was functioning. Like with Grant, it, it had been basically a hundred years, right? We mm-hmm. we'd been doing this for a while. But yeah, I think uh, I mean he obviously got elected, so it didn't matter in the end. But I think it's an interesting point in history where uh, we were kind of not panicking, but like. Things were going wrong after the Lincoln assassination. Like that whole time period between uh, Lincoln and Grant was very chaotic.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, and, and I get your point. I think you know when, when President Grant elected, if it, if it had not been just uh, a few years prior, where we already had our Civil War, um, that would have been the time where we're, like things could have just fallen apart, and mm. really you could have continued to look at the South as enemies and. Uh, treated them as such. And, and I don't think he did that, you know, at least not in, in, in any any way that's like significantly abusive or what you might expect, you know, from from previous examples of history. But I think that's where like with how intrusive he was from the South's perspective with the federal government, if they hadn't just lost the war, then that, that probably would have been a, a time of just like complete falling out if they had any means to really resist like they did 10 years prior.
0: Yeah, and I think it's one of those things, too, where Grant Grant also could have come in and flexed a lot more power. And I thought he was fairly restrained, given his popularity and uh, the state of the country at the time. So, yeah, I I don't have any disagreements with Grant. It's just the rest of your list is funny. (laughs) (laughs) What what was was the word or phrase that came to your mind when I sent you my list? Uh, Standard. I was like, oh, this is standard. This is... (laughs) <laughs> like, I wasn't expecting... You're not the kind of guy that's... Another disappointed opinion from Thomas. Come to expect it. <laughs> it was very, very... I mean, I wouldn't have picked this list exactly, but, like, once I saw it, I was like, okay, this is, this is a Thomas list for sure. <laughs> Mine's pretty standard, too, so I can't talk a lot of crap. Uh, my number three, I picked George Washington. Like I said, it was, it was, I was having... There's a couple guys for the three spot. I think George Washington's very cliche, but, I, I mean, he set a lot of the... Standards and protocols for the executive. We he only did two two terms. He could have gone on until he died. He could have been a king. Basically, he could have been King Washington, and everybody would have cheered and not had any much issues with it. He I think he one of his biggest flaws is even though he preached like he didn't want a two party system, like he really didn't do anything about it. He had a lot of influence. He could have he 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 did influence the what the U.S. became, but he could have influenced it a lot more. Uh, and for the better, I think he probably didn't do enough to to keep us on the to keep us from the path that we went eventually went down. He could have set some more standards that I think would have been hard to overturn, given the precedence of George Washington doing it. Yeah. But do you think the reason he didn't do some of that is because he
1: recognized the uniqueness of his position and how? Yes. How, how that was set a precedent for later. And then, then we just.
0: Yes. I, I think continue. that we can explain a lot of his deficiencies as executive or what I perceive as deficiencies as executive as exactly that right like he was the first they just got being done under kingship rule for centuries it's he didn't want to go too far Um, I think he could have though and probably would have saved us a lot of uh, trouble in the future yeah but I mean he's overall like you can't it's hard to argue George Washington is one of the best he was the first he he could have given that power to set precedent and have everlasting effects. He really was fairly res- restrained, which is impressive. Uh, a lesser man might have gone down a more tyrannical road, but I think him being, you know, the general of the continental army, you know, he was on the front lines. He saw he'd, he'd lived under British rule long enough. Like he knew all the, like all the pitfalls and the traps. And basically instead of being hard charging, he, was way more restrained to, to avoid those pitfalls and those traps. Uh, it probably was needed at the time. I. It's just his overwhelming popularity. He pretty much could have got away with anything. And he could have, like I said, he could have gone on. He could have stayed president until he died. And the ripple effect of that through our presidential history would have been insane. Like, I can't imagine. I don't know if we would have ever settled on two terms if it wasn't for George Washington, right? Yeah, definitely. I don't
1: think we would have. Cause we didn't even address it until... I mean, mid, back half of the 20th century. FDR. So if the precedent for the first 200 years was, right. yeah, just be president until, you know, you're not elected or until you die. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think that would have been the assumption that this is what you do.
0: So. Yeah, I think so too. I don't think it would have gotten shorter than eight years. It would have gotten much longer. Uh, so yeah, it's I mean, like I said, I, I think he's... Uh, He's an easy one. He's a he's a cliche to put in on the list, but he did do a lot uh, to set us up for both good and bad for uh, where we are today. So it's it, like the just impact alone is he's he's up there. He's he's got to make a top three list. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't argue with that. Like I said, I thought about putting him in mine as well.
1: So everybody else, I'll probably argue with you on.
0: <laughs> All right, let's not keep the people waiting. Who's your who's this awesome person at number two that? To everybody's heard of and can name three things they did in office <laughs> <laughs> I can name three things Calvin Coolidge 1923 Ooh. to
1: 1929 for those who didn't know um, <laughs> yeah no. oversaw the Twenties, uh, had a budget surplus reduced the national debt to some degree no inflation didn't get involved like other presidents with uh, federal crop pricing things of that nature so Calvin Coolidge comes in at Number two on my
0: list. Yeah, I'm not. I don't have a whole lot to say about Calvin Coolidge. That's what it's makes a cool name. Great. You look at it, and you're just like, <laughs> oh, it's God perfect. God, God, God. <laughs> Calvin Coolidge. I'm trying to think. I don't think I. Ha- yeah, I don't really have anything. The only thing I would argue is we don't see like the impact of presence until afterwards, and like we don't. I wouldn't necessarily attribute the Roaring Twenties to Coolidge. I guess. I guess he got out of the way of a of a moving success. Like he got out of the way so that he didn't hamper it any, but yeah, I don't know if I necessarily attribute the roaring twenties to Coolidge, but it's good that, I mean, budget surplus, that's all good. No inflation. But, but
1: yeah. And I think, I think with almost every, yeah, I would say with almost everything presidents get attributed the success of a, or failure over when they preside. And yeah, of course I agree with even you. When you look at like the nineties, you know, president Clinton gets gives credit for that, but the, big thing of the nineties with the technological innovation of the internet and how prevalent that became a society.
0: Yes. I'm not saying
1: he didn't do some things that were good and helpful, but no, it was me, Al Gore. Um, there was a, a, sound and firm foundation for economic success and Coolidge didn't try to, <laughs> didn't try to do anything to, yeah. to get in the way of that. I think the biggest things, you know, yeah, my, my biggest knocks, you know, on him when, you know, he, he had some, some race-based immigration, uh, Legislation that he signed and supported, and he got involved in the Mexico uh, War with, with when they had rebellion, um, and we had troops down there, which you know ended up being somewhat helpful from when World War II came because like Patton got I think his first, no I guess it'd be second, he was in World War One, but he got combat experience down there as well as several others. Not that you know ends justify the means, but <laughs> those yeah. are the big knocks from my end on Coolidge But overall, I thought he did well.
0: Yeah, I don't think either of us are uh, going to assume presidents are all good or all perfect. But for the most part, yeah, I think to the bigger point, like, it's fine to praise Coolidge for his handling of the Roaring Twenties. He obviously he didn't do anything to impede that. But again, yeah, I think I, I when I I wasn't ever going like I think I have beef with. George wash or uh, excuse me George Washington uh, uh, George W Bush I have beef with you know Trump I there's some stuff I didn't like from Obama but it's really hard to judge any of them because it hasn't been long enough like we're just now getting around to like Bush like we've seen the effects of Bush's presidency you know 12 14 16 years later but for these guys like again I think when Coolidge was in office it was just a matter of timing and not necessarily any of his policies. But again, I think to your point of your list is like a good thing was happening and he didn't get in the way of it. So that makes him a good president. And that, I, that's, I, I don't necessarily disagree. Who was the president before Coolidge? Was it Wilson? Cause Wilson was the one during world war one. And then he died. there might be, there, there's probably a president or two in between Wilson and Coolidge Harding. Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't have my presidents yeah, memorized really in order. Yeah, yeah. I think Wilson had the stroke and like probably there's probably one in between. But yeah, regardless, it's an interesting and I don't want to say funny. It's an interesting pick. I think you have a good argument for why you picked him. Um, my number two, Teddy Roosevelt, not only because he's just a cool guy and teddy bears are named after him, but he did a lot to, again, another guy who set a lot of precedences and changed the executive Branch. He was the one that named the White House the White House. I mean, that's he should be number one just for that. Uh, I think it was called something stupid like the executive estate or something before that. Yeah. But yeah, so we went, you know, a hundred and some odd years without calling it the White House. And it's weird that we, it's weird to think about that. He, I mean, probably an overreach and probably probably not kosher in today's society, but he helped Panama overthrow their government and then built the Panama Canal. That's kind of like an Eisenhower level. Without that, like shipping would be completely different. I mm-hmm. think that's a huge accomplishment. Uh, but again, I think it was probably pretty underhanded how he went about that. And then national parks. He was super big into hunting, super big into conserva- conservancy, and uh, he set up the national park system. A lot of federal land. I think that Probably a positive and a negative. I think a lot of people don't like the federal government owning land. Uh, I know there's a big push out West. A lot of, I don't know if people know, but a lot of land out West is federal land. Like most of Nevada uh, and some other places are, is, is mostly federal land. I think there are, there are, I think there are legitimate criticisms of having that much federal land and that some of it could be sold off to private enterprise or people, But for the vast majority, like we are very lucky to have so much, so many national parks, so much federal land. Like that doesn't really. There's not a lot of countries in the world that do that. Just have giant swaths of land that it's public. Anybody can go use. You can go hunt. You can go camp. Uh, That's pretty unique, and I think it's Mm -hmm. one of his enduring legacies that uh, if people didn't know, they should know because it's 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 huge. He also did some other minor stuff. He was very pro union, but he he was helped mediate a bunch of strikes and got won some labor rights for people. he wasn't like super super duper progressive, uh, but for his for his time, I think he, he was. So he was a Republican. Like this is, he, this is a Republican at the turn of the century. So definitely a a unique Republican in that aspect. So I think I think he's an easy number two. The point about him being him being Republican, like I wonder, I wonder what party
1: he would align with today. Because, like from a foreign policy standpoint, he'd still be a hawk,
0: right? Yeah, he was. You know, walk softly, carry a big stick. That's Teddy Roosevelt, right? So he was still he he was also one of the first presidents, not one of the first, but like one of the at least in the turn of the century. He was. We were we were becoming a much more reclusive nation, and he was somebody who was like, "No, we need to be out." and foreign policy foreign policy foreign policy yeah. uh, ex- exactly what walks off lane carry Stick was he was in, you know involved in some spanish american war he he knew the power of foreign policy and the power of not necessarily world policing but he wanted th- he thought the united states needed to be on the world stage uh, and and basically setting the tone for the world so i think that is uh yeah he for sure he's an interesting guy cuz he 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 definitely held some progressive beliefs and, and yeah, on the foreign policy side, he was definitely, definitely a Hawk. Yeah. But no, yeah. And, and if yeah, I mean, he,
1: he, he, I thought about him for, for a second um, just, you know, from the standpoint of like really boosting us Navy and great white fleet, um, you know, that he was responsible for. Um, but no, it'd be interesting to think about, yeah, where he'd be today. I think on, like you said, like with the unions, um, probably with like climate change stuff like that, he would be more in line with uh, Democrats. But his foreign policy would would very much be, I want to intervene. I want to have input in everything that's going on and have a military that can uh, demand respect for his opinion or the opinion of the United States.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Again, not a guy without his faults, but I think overall and his legacy is uh, one of the stronger ones. I don't know. I think for our both our number ones, I'm not sure who should go first and who should go second. We really should save the best for last, right? So I guess I'll go first. Go ahead. <laughs> this is an easy one for me. Probably not controversial from yeah, it is. my my line of thinking. If you've, if you've seen this list and you've heard me argue about Eisenhower, then I think it's pretty easy who my number one is. Teddy's Cousin, FDR... Franklin Delano Roosevelt, I think what he did to pull the United States out of the Great Depression, his leadership through the World War II, his social programs, and then getting elected to a third term, dying in office, constitutional amendment for only two terms, terms—like his impact on the U.S. government and the U.S. as a whole in the last 80 years is pretty undeniable. I think a lot of... What he accomplished, uh, probably – I don't want to say it's – I don't know. It, it's – it it really – he expanded the federal government a lot. <laughs> a lot. And for good and bad. And I think that all the best of the – the gov- all the best of the U.S. government can be traced through FDR. And a lot of the worst of the federal government can be traced through FDR. So – there is the flip side to the coin, but I think again, I, I basically judge these on impact and positive impact over over history, over time. Uh, I think I think FDR is a easy number one for my set of criteria. Yeah, for for as often as we find agreement on different
1: things that like we talk about on this podcast, everything that you look at FDR and be like, "This is a good thing," I'm like, "No, this is not." Like- a <laughs> <laughs> It's very clear that, yeah, we, we have very different uh, perspectives on, on federal government, and FDR epitomizes what anybody who believes a very active uh, and expansive federal government should be. Um, yes. But no, he yeah, he, he was, and, and, and yeah, I mean, I know you know this, but the funny thing with him is he did not get nearly as much as he wanted um, yeah. when it came to new social policy and stuff, and I don't know if he is the first, but he—I remember—he was probably the most recent before this this uh, you know administration that wanted to put more justices on the Supreme Court so that everything that was being challenged and not not seen in his favor could be flipped, basically. So no, super, yeah, very, very active uh, in what he thought and wanted to do, and I don't know. I mean, like I said, I mean, to some degree, I, I. I I can sympathize. I can disagree, but like you come into a situation where the whole country is suffering. I think you have, you have to feel some moral responsibility to, I have to do something. Um, So I can understand why he, from his position made choices that he made, but I don't know. I say a lot of precedents were set for (laughs) for his administration. So
0: He was one of the most active, but I think his activism generally led to good outcomes, especially in the time. I think the problem is, I I mean, oh man, I don't know if this is controversial or not. I think during his time period of presidency and the sh- short thereafter, I think he made a lot of the right decisions and, and being as active as he was. I think that the problem is, is that it set an enduring precedent where Other things that weren't good could happen in times that weren't nearly as of crisis as we were in post Great Depression during World War Two. So, I, I mean, for me, I don't necessarily fault him on that. I mean, post Great Depression, like senior citizen poverty and like living standards and everything like were terrible tanking like when you became old and couldn't work anymore, your family put you out to pasture basically. And so like, so like that's where social security, social security came from and stuff like that. Like I think in his time period with the information he had, he made some really good choices. I think that the enduring legacy of social security is not as good anymore. So I think that unintended consequences, but for me, number one, not again, not perfect, not my favorite president either. Definitely. Uh, as far as my criteria, number one, yeah. who's, who's, you have anything else to say about him? I was going to say, we can, we can, we can, we can pull the curtain back and see your number one.
1: Yeah. Well, for my number one, yeah, I think it's funny with FDR, you know, cause he was big on uh, raising the national minimum wage. I think it's like the 15 cent or something at the time. I forget the exact yeah. amount, but the, the arguments he used, like the arguments for those in favor of changing minimum wage, wage hasn't changed in 80 years. Like <laughs> it's the yeah. exact same thing he was saying. Um, so I thought that was funny. That I was just reading different speeches and uh, fireside chats that he gave, but but no, I think I think yeah, we we could go on and on about where his intrusive nature um, may have had like positive effect, but also like you know had had very I mean overstepped in a lot of ways, and a lot of those ways that the Supreme Court shot down. You know, going after a guy who had like a family garden because he thought it violated the Agricultural Act um, and disrupted supply and demand, like probably yeah. an overstep, but yeah he 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 is an interesting case study for I, th- I think honestly to your point trying to be fair like within his administration alone not even talking about the legacy of the president, but just where being an active executive can be helpful and where it can be really harmful as well um, yeah So for sure
0: i think it's something we can talk about like we haven't had our big systems of government conversation but i mean he's as close to what we've gotten as a like there's an argument to be made that the best system of government is a benevolent dictator, somebody who has the power to do good and wants to do good. Your view of the executive is so far away from that. Like it doesn't matter if they're benevolent or not; they shouldn't really have the power to do whatever they want. Uh, which is good. Like that—that that the limit on power is good. But yeah, I've read the argument that benevolent dictator—that's the best one f d r is the closest we've gotten to a benevolent dictator in my opinion did a lot of good, but like i said i think the i think a lot of the systems he set up in place were good for the time and probably have outlived their usefulness or put us on a path to where uh we would never get off them right like we needed the welfare for the great Depression, but it's been you know eight years, and we are a much richer country from eighty years ago, so yeah, it's interesting. I think that's something we can uh, add to the list of topics. But yeah, I, I don't want to keep our listeners waiting. Who's your number one president of all time? Obviously, Grover
1: Cleveland. Obviously. <laughs> I think everybody assumes that he is probably one of the best. So
0: I'm sure I've got a lot of agreement with this. So, I mean, they named a cartoon after him, right? <laughs> Grover? Uh, not a cartoon, sorry. A, a Muppet.
1: Yeah, I was like, what, what cartoon?
0: Not cartoon. I mean, they, they, there's Muppets cartoons too. Excuse me, but he's most mostly known <laughs> as a as a Muppet. So he's got to be the best president. I mean, come on. What a. I mean, Teddy's got teddy bears, but Muppets are way cooler. Muppets are way Muppets did the Christmas Carol. That's true. Teddy bears any, didn't do a Christmas Carol. You don't see any teddy bears in a Christmas Carol. So. What uh? What what draws you to Grover Cleveland? Second most vetoes of any president in United States history. Who's number one? Surprisingly enough, FDR actually holds the wow. record. Wow! Yeah. So he's number so so this is like a one A one B situation for you, right? In in this particular regard,
1: <laughs> <laughs> perhaps nope. Uh, yeah, so second most vetoes. Um, he had a big proponent of gold standard um, and and didn't really get into the imperialism, you know, the way a lot of presidents, uh, especially after him, uh, started to. So. I thought those were all ideal um, situations for a president. Um, I don't, I mean, by that time, the Federal Reserve System had already been in place for over 100 years, where so he didn't really fight that battle much. I just don't think he did anything to expand the power or try to get the Fed to be as active in uh, the economy as other presidents have. So, like I said, I think I think the big thing for me is, is again, a, a gold standard um, and his use of the vetoes. And I think he was the only—I'm actually sure—he the only president to serve two non-consecutive terms. Yes. At least yep. until 2024, when President Trump runs
0: again. Yep. <laughs> no comment, huh? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to derail the conversation with <laughs> with the oh. President Trump rant. Uh, he would have made my—he should make my list. If we do this—if we do this episode again in ten years, he'll make my list. <laughs> Uh, I just I just looked at the wiki. I just wanted to see. So, 1893 to 1897 succeeded by William McKinley. So he lost to William McKinley. McKinley gets assassinated. Uh, oh wait, I, that's his later term. Sorry, excuse me. 1885 to 1889 succeeded by Benjamin Harrison, who died in office. Got a got a got pneumonia and died. Shortest presidential term ever. That should, he should be your number he one. Be he my did, number one. He did nothing in office. <laughs> That's like, that's like super number one for you. Uh, so yeah, Benjamin Harrison dies and shortly after taking office. So then the very next presidential election after that, Grover Cleveland won again. So short little gap, four years. That's, that's interesting. I didn't, both people who succeeded him in office died in office. That's, uh, that's pretty, that's pretty interesting legacy. Yeah, it's crazy this bad. Yeah, clearly gold standard. I don't, that's a, another interesting topic for a conversation. What was the, were they trying to go to Fiat in his time or what? Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the history of the gold standard push. When did, when did we get off the gold standard? Well, we didn't get off it
1: until uh 20th century. Uh, gosh, I want to say 60s, 70s. I want to say that's 70s. But yeah, I think for a, a long time, um, there's always a push for, uh, Yeah, being able to spend more and not being constrained. Right. I mean, yeah, even just going back to, I mean, on that principle alone, just going back to the creation of the Federal Reserve by Hamilton, you know, wanting to be able to have power to spend and uh, borrow, you know, which which has always been a topic of debate between, you know, political parties. So, now he was just a big proponent of keeping it constrained, keeping it tied to something concrete and less abstract, as we have now, so... But that's not without its flaws either, because Congress can just change pretty much at a whim what they want an ounce of gold to be
0: worth. So That's true. Well it's quite quite the interesting list of best presences ever. Just to recap, Thomas's list is Grant at three, who you may have heard of. <laughs> Coolidge, Calvin Coolidge at two, great old Calvin, and Grover Cleveland at one. So we got Calvin and Hobbes, clearly named after this Calvin Coolidge, and then we got Grover. Clearly, I mean, I'm starting to see a pattern. Ulysses, I don't got anything for Ulysses. Not a whole lot of uh, cartoon or otherwise named after Ulysses. That's a hard one. That is a tough one. That's not kids. Kids can't really pronounce that when they're younger. So, and then just to recap, mine a fairly standard uh, activist liberal list of George Washington, Teddy Roosevelt, and. Franklin Delano Roosevelt kind of got a Roosevelt monopoly on the list. I think that it really highlights the differences in how we see the executive. I will caveat it and say I don't necessarily think that every president needs to be an activist or needs to be as involved as as FDR. Yeah, metal however you want to couch it. I don't necessarily think that. But I think looking at history and seeing the ones that have and where it went well, there are we're going to do our worst presidents lists there are presidents that I consider activist presidents, but I just think that the, the activism they did didn't turn out either, either didn't turn out as they had hoped or did exactly what they wanted. And it was not a good intent or, yeah, you know, it was at the time people knew it was bad, but it still led to bad things in the future. I, I so I don't necessarily think activism alone is my criteria. I just, I think these, especially FDR, especially Teddy Roosevelt, I, I think Teddy Roosevelt is more of a more more positive influence on the presidency. And I could see the criticisms of FDR, but I think overall, I like what he did. Mm-hmm. And it's basically the exact opposite for you. You like the presence that when when a good thing is happening, get out of the way. That's a great way to look at presence as well. But like, I would say my one criticism of your list is like, what what hard decisions did Calvin Coolidge have to make? (laughs) Like what what were his decision points that he was the one with the buck, the buck stopped with him. He made the decision and it was the right decision. I think being a neutral or passive observer is easy to do. I don't think it's a a hard, necessarily a hard thing. So that'd be my one criticism of uh, kind of your criteria of a list. And I know there's a million criticisms of my criteria. So I think that, When we get into our worst presidences, presidences, presidents, potuses. I think I'm stroking out. Uh, (laughs) We're going to see, I think, a little (laughs) bit of both of uh, maybe some presidential inaction and some too much presidential action. But I think that'll be for another episode. I think we're going to have a part two of this because we got really deep on Grover Cleveland and just ran out of time. Yeah, I think it's easier to agree on worst because for me if
1: you're super active you're worst and for you if you're <laughs> active and wrong you're worst
0: and yes it's easy, it's easy to find out who is active and wrong so yes yeah and like I, honestly we'll get into it when we do that episode but i think there are plenty of of do nothing presidents that something was clearly going wrong or needed attention and they still did nothing i think there are examples of that as well but it's not those kind of oh, yeah. presidents those kind of presidents don't really stick out as some of the other ones, right? Uh, I guess this is where, we're, unless you got anything else to say about our best presidents list, is there, uh, is there any sticking points? Did I did I need old Grover Cleveland too much, or are we good?
1: <laughs> no, no, we're good. So I think it'll be interesting when we have our systems of government conversation, uh, and we go over our worst presidents. That'll be fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think systems of government is a, is a good one for us to have. We'll put that one higher up on the list. But as always, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, hit us up on Twitter with who you think your best president is or why our best presence list sucks. I know mine is perfect. So redirect all your hate to at Thomas Black underscore 86 on Twitter. Tell him why his list is stupid and wrong. And you can hit me up at the rake, but the A is a four on Twitter to tell me why my list is perfect and how smart and brilliant this list is, uh, how I nailed it. Uh, I'll take all that, those compliments, or you can hit us up at OVO Deep State on Twitter. That's the show Twitter. Join the discord. We have fun, interesting conversations on relevant news topic topics on there. Uh, Recently, I think it was separation of church and state. We got a little bit into But yeah, join the Twitter. It's in the description. Listen to us, rate us, like us, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And we will catch you guys for part two of this episode.
1: Happy New Year, everybody. Take it easy.
0: Yeah, happy New Year.